the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin, powered by Texas Kidney Foundation, where we are unapologetically patient first and building coalitions with others to address kidney health for all. And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. And it looks like I'm on my own today. No, Kevin. So it's going to be me and Dr. Piper. Uh, I have a wonderful guest today, Dr. Doshi Piper. She is uh, one of the two leads of the MLK Commission. And that commission heads the MLK Walk. Uh, Dr. Piper, thank you for coming on today. This walk is historical in that it is, it, it's one of the first MLK walks and the largest, one of the largest, one of the three largest in, in the nation. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the walk? Absolutely. And, um, it's, it's a march. And when we, what we do is we march from ML King Academy to Pittman Sullivan Park to commemorate, um, imitate, and animate the life and legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King here in the city of San Antonio. And, and we do that the first or the second Monday in January, which is usually designated as um, MLK, MLK Day across the country so that we will be reminded that as much progress as we have made, we still have work to do on behalf of justice, on behalf of equality and equity, and on behalf of inclusion. Mm-hmm. And we have several events leading up to, to the um, MLK March on um, January 15th. What are the events leading up to it? So on Friday, January 12th, we have the ML- City of San Antonio MLK Commission events are kicked off by the BMU, the Baptist Ministers Union, with a worship service. And that takes place at Antioch Baptist Church on Walter Street, I believe it's Walter Street. And we do that because Dr. King was a black Baptist minister. And uh-huh. so we we partner with our um, Baptist Ministers Union to get the events started. And then we have our Youth Empowerment Summit and um, Tyrone Darden is probably going to kill me when he watches <laughs> this interview uh-huh. because the name changes, it's not, um, Empowerment Summit this year, I think it's a wellness summit. And the reason why the youth committee has decided to work on wellness this year is because of all of the mental health and physical health, I'll say traumas and issues that have surfaced post-COVID that have kind of always been bubbling up on the surface pre-COVID, but really reared Mm -hmm. their head during COVID and and post-COVID, you know, being isolated and being confined to our homes. And so I know that he is focused on youth wellness on Saturday, January 13th. And it starts at 8 a.m. with a breakfast. And then they go into breakout sessions and they have a speaker. And that's at Lockwood Park in the city of San Antonio, and on, then we have our our first annual community celebration with our, it's a dinner and it's going to be at Child Safe and it is to 
honor and celebrate all of our fundraisers that have made this event, our donors, let me say our donors who have made this event possible and our public awards winner. And so our fundraising committee and our public awards committee have partnered to put on this community celebration Saturday evening at 4 p.m. And this is the first annual, so we'll see how this goes. And then on Sunday, we have our reflame event, which is at MLK Circle, I want to say, which is right there at Houston and New Braunfels in San Antonio. And that is where our MLK statue is. And so we lay reefs at MLK's feet in order to acknowledge his presence and to really kind of center ourselves on, you know, doing this very tough work of seeking justice. And then we have an interfaith worship service on that Sunday at 4.30. So the reflang service ceremony is at 2 p.m. And then at 4.30 p.m., we have our interfaith service, which is headed by Judith Lackeritz. And that is, she's going to kill me. That's at St. Paul's Missionary Church, United oh. Methodist Church, United Methodist Church, not missionary, but United Methodist Church. And that's down by St. Paul Square in Dignity Hills. Reverend Emerson is the pastor of that church. And so we'll have that. I love him. <laughs> yeah, that church service. And then we have our pre-March worship service that is headed by Bishop Rosa Wilson at the start of the march at 8 a.m. And then at 10 a.m., the march starts and we march from, again, MLK Academy down to Pittman Sullivan Park, really to embody embody the work that we need to be doing that day and the rest of the year and our lives, <laughs> in fact, uh-huh. to really be intentional about working for justice and being people of integrity, good moral character, being kind and really building what Dr. King will call the beloved community. A community that includes everyone. Correct. And that, you know, that uh, I feel like at this time in history, you know, always in history, we need to include everybody. But at this time in history, when there's so much division, this is just a beacon for those of us who are seeking something greater, some a, a better solution than what we've been given with these device, the divisive rhetoric of today. It reminds, at least for me, I hearken back to what, what we know to be the historical truth of what was happening in the 60s and before that. Yeah, absolutely. Segregation and mm-hmm. and before that black codes and before that slavery. And mm-hmm. you know, and I and I, I want to just kind of follow up with and, and reiterate that during this time when things are so divisive, and and I think it's important to note that black Americans, African Americans, black folk here in San Antonio only make up 7% of the population. Yeah. Um, Latinos, Latinas, Latinx folk make up approximately 60-something percent. And then we have mm-hmm. whites who make up about 30% and the other percentages are, are others, Asians and mm-hmm. Pacific Islanders, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that because the immigration journey or story mirrors the slave story that it is so important that we come together and share our common history, our shared history in a way that I'm thinking back to the photo of Bloody Sunday before it became bloody when they were all marching across that bridge and it was really a rainbow of people. It was people that came from everywhere mm-hmm. to march for voting rights from Selma, Alabama to Montgomery, Alabama in, in Mississippi. 
I mean, it, when you look at this, at what we're doing here and at, at San Antonio, the makeup of San Antonio, the makeup of San Antonio even really mirrors what what uh, Dr. King was was longing for, is to mm-hmm. see people of lots of different backgrounds able to come together and live uh, harmoniously and live where they want to live and do what they want to do. Now, we got some work to do on this, but this is a place that is the most reflective of the dream uh, in this great state. I love the state of Texas. I feel like San Antonio is very reflective of of what what, uh, Reverend Dr. King was looking to do. Oh, absolutely. And I think that because we are a city of majority minorities and and we are Mm -hmm. the seventh largest city in America and we are very much leading the way in a lot of areas. Um, I do know that, like you said, there's still much work to do with on redlining to give, Uh to give living where you want to live a label or a name, but we've come a long way. Yeah, it's come a long way, and there will be at the march. We do have um, lenders <laughs> that will be marching. <laughs> uh, Frost Bank has registered; they're a sponsor. We have Broadway Bank that's going to be there. We have Randolph Books Credit Union that's going to be the Air Force Credit Union. So we do have some lenders, some bankers mm-hmm. that are going to be there. That you know um, understands that they don't necessarily make the pop the economic policies but they do they can affect who they lend to you know i i love frost bank because frost bank has really stood with texas kidney foundation uh they you know if you look at the number of of small foundations with big footprints and big visions um that are making things happen then you will often see groups like Frost, Frost Bank. Frost Bank has been very, very uh, helpful in their funding and in their time, like helping us uh, just think through the financial process. So now they're, you know, and this is what Dr. King was looking at is, is people actually working together, not it's one thing to have a system and and force the system to bend to your will. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to get men and women to work together, to actually sit down and do what is right because it is right. Absolutely. And let me let me say this because I think this is important when we talk about equity. When when approaching any lender, so since we're talking about Frost Bank, um, we'll, I'll use them as an example. They should not judge the Texas Kidney Foundation with the same criteria that they judge a much larger uh-huh. foundation. That is not equity. Uh-huh. Because your operating budget is not the same. The services you provide individuals who um, are in renal failure, if, if, if I'm speaking correctly, are not the same or their family members. And so they have to have equitable criteria for funding purposes based on the size of the organization, based on mm-hmm. the work of the organization. And that is what we are really striving and working for because that's justice. That's just don't judge me with the same criteria that you would judge a, a larger foundation who has much more money in their operating right. budget and serves much many more people because they have the capacity to do so. Judge me based on a criteria suited for an organization of my size. And you know that that has been and we experienced that be, being treated well by Frost Bank, by by Bank of San Antonio. Now that particular argument, Bank of San Antonio has really 
uh, like for Texas Kidney Foundation, we're a little bit different in that we, in the the space of kidney disease, people really look at much of the the money and the services have gone towards in stage renal disease, like what you were just discussing, dialysis. What we do is uh, early detection of kidney disease. Mm. We want to keep people from going down that road. Well, when we started doing this, um, lots of people all over the country talk about early detection and prevention. It is only a talking point for most of them. Um, what we wanted to do was, you know, I at that time I'd lost nine family members to rare and chronic kidney disease. And mm-hmm. as of today, it's 16. I knew I couldn't stop this deluge in my family, but that I could stop it for a lot of other families. Absolutely. And I could navigate it and stop it for some of the ones in, in my family that are behind me, but that uh, it would have to be done for every family. We'd have to provide it for every family. And they gave us the opportunity to do what we're doing because a lot of people didn't even understand why we would want to find the disease early, why we'd want to give free screening, what you should be charging something. We we actually had people tell us, well, y'all, what you need to do is, is charge something right. for it. And I was like, no, the people we're serving don't have the money for it. Anyway. I said that long story long to say that that they stood they looked at that and were like, okay, even though no nobody's done this before, we're gonna support you in, in helping you figure out how you're gonna do it. Absolutely. And and if you look at the if we look at the numbers, and I don't have the numbers, but I'm sure you have the numbers of who the disease impacts disproportionately. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, three times, three times, black people. Uh, you're right. We only make up seven percent of the population, but we make up thirty six percent of the people who have kidney disease. Mm. You know, and we know kidney disease affects one in three Americans. So think about how many black Americans are really being affected by this. It's disproportionately. They don't even know it. And they they don't don't know know it. it. So for us, like really focusing in on us was a priority. And there was no uh, at the at the foundation when we took over. People always think that I'm the founder, but I'm not the founder. I found the foundation (laughs) and they at the time were had thirteen thousand dollars in the bank and eleven thousand in expenses against it. So they weren't Mm. in in very good shape. Um, But but had a good heart and and a, a good mission. They just needed some business acumen and some help uh, fundraising. Um, but the the concept of of finding the disease early and of concentrating in uh, communities that were in need was a good concept. It was the building the relationships that hadn't been done, and so we started doing that. But the the idea of giving away free testing, people balked at that because we had to go get the money to give away. The tests aren't free. We had to go buy the test and get the money to give the tests away. But it has been um, a game changer in a lot of ways for the people that we serve, not just for those few families that we've met and that we've served. We've done over 20,000 free screenings throughout Texas, and that's a significant number but it's a drop in the bucket in comparison to the number of people who actually, uh, just in Bear County, who actually are affected yeah, by perfect. kidney disease. Mm-hmm. So yeah. our goal was to create models and to show people, hey, this can be this can be stopped. Yeah, this perfect. is how we can do it, and and we've seen success with that. Like we just saw uh, Medicare, uh, one of Medicare's companies duplicate. One of our models, which was the early detection test kit coupled with um, uh, telemedicine to open mm-hmm. up access to care, they they just picked it up and now that's going to, it starts in the great state of Texas and they're going to be taking it to their other service areas. So that's 2.6 million people affected by what we're doing. And that's, that's what our area, that's what Black folks coming together, white folks coming together, Hispanic, 
Asian, all of our people coming together, that's what we can, that's what we produce. Because we've had people of all backgrounds working with us who have just been about the work. Absolutely. Um, So you said something that really is the work of the commission is grounded and rooted in. Uh Dr. King said that there are three evils in the world, poverty, racism, and he said militarism. Sometimes they say capitalism, but I put capitalism with poverty. So we'll say militarism. (laughs) Uh, I think those were his exact words. And the fact that you say that when you start talking about free diagnostics, um, that was pushed back against that. And that's one of the things that we are working towards and on because poor people, impoverished people, even if you have money, you still may be impoverished because of the way you think and the way you live. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm not going to the doctor because I don't want them to tell me no bad news. That's the reason why you need to go to the doctor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, like that's a po- that to, that to uh, to but us, it's a mindset. It's, that's a poverty mindset, and so you know, we really try to to focus to focus on that. And I think that so we have three speakers this year, three dynamic speakers this year that are going to do what we want to call a triple threat. And one of them, um, Mari, I want to say Copen. I, I don't know if I'm mispronouncing her last name, but she's known as Miss Little Flint. <laughs> like when a Flint water crisis happened, and that's a majority. And so when we talk about demographics, Flint, Michigan is a majority black city. Mm-hmm. Still until to, still this day. And and I don't want to get all into the horrors of the whole water crisis. But what I do want to talk about is this eight-year-old child had enough exposure to advocacy and education to write the president of the United States to talk about environmental racism because that's what it was. You 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 reroute water from Detroit back to Flint that you know is contaminated, that you know is and you know, and I don't know if they knew I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt I don't know (laughs) if they knew that Flint pulls their water from this particular water source, this particular Mm -hmm. lake, river wherever it was that had contaminated water from Detroit in it, and, and they didn't have the filtration services in the city because it's a poor city. It's an impoverished city. And and she brought nationwide notoriety to this crisis. And so she's going to be one of our speakers at, at the march. We have a commemorative program that runs from noon because the marcher should get to Pittman Sullivan Park by noon. Mm-hmm. And Mia Morris, who's our commemorative program chair, has put on a dynamic program. And so we, how, how speakers work is the honorary chair, who is the city of San Antonio District 2 Councilman, um, Jayla McKee Rodriguez, works with the commission on recommended speakers. So we get a list of names, we vet the names, and then we vote on who we want the speakers to be. And these three came. Amari is one. Jerome Foster is another. He's also, he also works for on environmental justice, which I think is so important due to climate change and due to all of the, if we think about weather patterns, just the past four years, (laughs) just Uh what, what did we have a few years ago? Snowvid. El Nino, all of the weather conditions that we are experiencing because we are not caring for Mother Earth. And so Mother Earth is not caring. She's not being kind to us. But these things can be prevented. And so we are going to talk about environmental racism and then move to environmental justice. So Jerome Foster, who is, he's on, he was on the White House Advisory Council He's going to talk about environmental justice. And then Anya Dillard, who 
talks a lot about um, generational poverty and and those kinds of things. Will she's a she's an activist. She's young. All of these folk are young. <laughs> really wanted to the next generation of activists. Absolutely, absolutely. Because when you think about the civil rights organizing that happened during um, Dr. King's era, you know, it was led by young people. I mean, he was young. He was in his 20s when they found him and his, you know, and really was a face for the movement. And I I thank you, Dr. Doshi, for, for uh, Dr. Piper, for talking about that. Um, you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. And my special guest is Dr. Piper. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the MLK March and about what what we expect the MLK Commission to do next. Great. Here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, home of Conservative Talk Radio. Rare and chronic kidney disease affects millions, yet many never receive the treatments that could save or improve their lives. This isn't just a medical failure. It's a failure of our system to provide what's necessary for our people. We're calling for a health care change where preventative care and effective treatments are not just developed, but are made widely available. Join us in this fight for accessible health solutions. Your voice can be the catalyst for the change we desperately need. Chronic kidney disease is more than a health issue. It's a local community issue. Across our country, people suffer because effective treatments are out of reach. This has to change. We are rallying local communities to demand better access to kidney care. Together, we can push for a health care system that prioritizes the health of its people over profit. Join us in this movement. Become an advocate in your local community and help us bring the change we need in CKD treatment and prevention. Real change in health care starts with you. It's not just about community engagement. It's about stepping into the political arena for the health of our people. We're calling on you to join our fight against rare and chronic kidney disease. With your involvement, we can reshape policy and transform local health. This is your moment to make a difference, to be a part of something bigger than you that values action over words. Join us and be the change you wish to see in our local community. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. I'm free by myself with (laughs) Dr. Piper. I don't have Kevin up here telling me what to do and trying to insert his his, uh, manly questions in. (laughs) <laughs> please don't don't email me about that statement <laughs> people email you like are yes. you disparaging men no I'm not disparaging men I'm just being funny towards my husband just one man my husband <laughs> but um, Dr. Piper thank you for taking the time to talk about uh, social justice and the MLK March, because I think right now we've got such a a divisive rhetoric that's been going on in the nation, but there's nothing uh, more unifying than social justice, because social justice is something that that is for everyone, not just for one someone. Um, So when we think about what actually embodies what Dr. King was was looking for in this country, uh, I think of this march. It's like a, a symbolic version of what we can be, what we can hope to be, and the kindness that should exist amongst us and that we need to give to one another especially during this time, because you, there's not a reason for us not to be able to come together. We will never achieve what we want in, in this world or be the change that we want to see if we're bombing one another, if we're fighting one another, if we're constantly fighting has never resulted in getting 
good things happening to other people. It, there's a lot of loss of life, a lot of loss that goes into fight. Yeah. And I think that that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm, we're suffering over here with allergies. And Me too. I'm having the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So I just, Excuse me if my voice cracks a little bit. Um, You're good. You're just fine. But I'm so glad that you brought that up about resolving conflict without violence, because that was King's philosophy, you know, of nonviolence. Violence. Yeah, and he, he studied Gandhi. He uh -huh. studied, like, all of these um, individuals who to really... Because when he came into the movement, he was not nonviolent. He had guns and everything else like everybody else in the 1960s to protect their family. But but um, Bayard Rustin said, you cannot lead this movement uh -huh. with, with guns. <laughs> and so they began yeah. to, he, he mentored him into nonviolence. And, and they really made sure that the civil rights movement that he was heading and working with was, was really focused on we are going to achieve our goals with nonviolently and we are going to, to engage in nonviolent resistance. Let's show up in numbers. There's strength in numbers. We may not have money like the dollar the purse strings mm -hmm. but we do have people power and if we withhold our money mm -hmm. institutions that oppress us that discriminate against us that don't treat us fairly or justly they'll have to change and that works and that's no, why good. we are yeah we are here now and it is so mm -hmm. important that we talk about not only nonviolence in in change, but nonviolent communication. Mm -hmm. You can't cut somebody out and threaten them. Or out of an establishment, you know, expecting to get your needs met. We have to learn ways of communicating with with one another. And not just on January 15th. Like these yeah. Things that we are practicing, putting into practice that day, they have to be longstanding. There are 350,000 people that come out to this march mm -hmm. and about 200,000 actually go in and register. And then you have just another 150,000 that just show up mm -hmm. who, who don't actually register. But because it's so sentimental. Uh, oh, Lord, that's a lot. And see, I, I just want to stop right there. Everybody that has a, a criticism for the commission, listen to what, what Dr. Piper just said. 150,000 people just show up. Just show up. Now, most people that are listening to this, if 50 people showed up at your house, just showed up, you'd be pissed off. <laughs> just mad. <laughs> like, 50 people going to show up to this party and I didn't, you know. <laughs> didn't expect them. And didn't I didn't expect, expect them. them. They're preparing for 350,000 people. Absolutely. And they do a good job because I was in that 300. I'm, I'm in that crowd. Every time we have a march, uh, you know, because I know we did it virtually during the um, during the pandemic, right? <clears throat> whether it's virtual or in person, when we have a march, I'm part of that crowd, and I can tell you that it is uh, it is an emotional experience. It's a wonderful experience. Uh, the when you experience the vendors, the people that are in the march, the people that are leading the march, it's a good experience. Yeah. Uh, and it's a difficult thing to put together it, with it is, that many people. Yes. yes, 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 yes. And I'm glad that you brought 
that up. So we start planning for the March. So at, so we we try to take the month of February off. We have our after the meet after the March. We have a meeting or two to, to yes to debrief, reflect on what worked well, what didn't work well, what improvements, or I won't say what didn't work well. What can we improve upon? Mm-hmm. So we do that um, at January, February, mainly in February. Um, we try to take March off um, for Easter, for whatever. We try, you know, give ourselves thirty to forty-five days to decompress, and then in um, early, late March, early April, we have a retreat. We we try to have a retreat where we review all of the things that we said were going to happen for this year's March. And we plan out our meetings for the year into the next calendar year because our, you know, we plan the year before the March happens. Mm-hmm. And it starts with, and so I won't bore you with all of those details, but it starts with um, the city of San Antonio, primarily the district two liaison creating portals working with our committee, creating sign-up portals for uh, March participants, for volunteers, and for vendors. And so we have those three portals that are on mlk.sanantonio.gov website where individuals can sign up, where they can um, volunteer, and where they can register to be a vendor because we cannot service all of those people um, with the commission. And so we, these are opportunities for small businesses to, to provide a service to the community. We do have food there, but we also, we sell food. And so what kinds of services, like are, are they putting in bids for the services? Or are they? They're just registering to be a vendor. And so we have food vendors, that sell anything from barbecue, turkey legs, chicken on a stick, whatever kind of festival food you can think of, funnel cakes. Um, we had Sam Houston. No, we did not Sam Houston. Tommy Gregory would kill me if uh, we had a high school. We had a class, uh, like a, cl- a high school class, which is an organization, Fox Tech. Fox Tech class of question mark their organization and they had a booth and they sold I don't remember what they sold but they sold food we have um, organizations that distribute information city of San Antonio metropolitan health West care B-Aids we do um, HIV screening there we do COVID screening and testing there with Metro Health. We have nonprofit organizations that come out and also civic organization in the ACP will be there registering folks to vote. Radical registers will be there registering people to vote. So nonprofit agencies come out and distribute their information. And so it's a host of vendors that are there to service um, these people, you know, our, our community. Mm-hmm. Essentially, because you've got three hundred and fifty thousand people, so absolutely. If you're a, a small business, that's a really great way to come out and see a demographic that you may not necessarily see uh, every time that you're, you know, give people that have not. With three hundred and fifty thousand people, you've got to have people that are showing up that haven't gone to X Y Z food truck before. Yeah. And now that that's bringing them new clientele and Absolutely. new new opportunities for business. So it's it's a great way to not only uh, serve the community and be a part of a very community and and uh, emotional experience. Um, and I think it's an empowering experience. I would say that's probably the better e word empowering <laughs> experience. Um, but it's also a good business move. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the best PR that an organization and mm -hmm. any kind of organization, whether it's a for-profit, a non-profit, a community, mm -hmm. an activist, activacy, advocacy, advocacy or activism organization, mm -hmm. that's the best way for them to build community and get their and, and interact with the community and tell folk not don't allow people to tell other people what your community, what your organization is about. But you can tell them firsthand. You can tell them firsthand. This is what we do. This is what we try to do. And you don't even have to be an organization. You can just be a group of people who come together that want to provide a service. Mm -hmm. Because there's there's something to, there's something empowering about that particular event. And when you see, there are just so many people there, you can't help but uh, do a lot of business, especially if you're, if you're a food truck or involved in the food industry at all. Uh, it's a great place. But I saw T-shirt vendors. I saw um, vendors of all kinds of different little uh, um unique items that are are local vendors yeah. and that's a it, it's a great place to showcase your wares uh, if that's what you're if if you have a business and a great way to support the community and put dollars back into communities especially in uh, on the the east side a community that that has served this city faithfully and that has so many uh, has has created so many leaders that have served this city faithfully i know uh uh here cisneros walks in the walk every mm -hmm. year and here was one of the the uh leading factors in it in it even coming to fruition yeah you know I mean, and that right there, you know, that's that's the epitome of what Dr. King was talking about. You know, to have uh, Henry revere Dr. King, to have young Hispanic children, young white children, uh, and young black children revering this great black man and the ideology that came from him that has shaped this nation, you know, the opportunity to be able to uh, to share in that and to even have just a little moment of that, if you can take that into your year yeah. and start your year with that, that's who we are as Americans, as Black Americans, as White Americans, as Asian Americans. That's who we are. That's what what we want to embody, not this hatred and vitriol that we hear other people spewing out. But that's, I mean, there is so much more to the American experience than the nonsense that people want to put out there. Look at what Black people have done for, in, and to this nation. Yes. Yeah. And I believe so Reverend Callis, R.A. Callis, actually, I'll say founded, started mm -hmm. the the MLK March and 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 the city picked it up in the 80s. Yeah. But he started it and and it was really about improving the quality of life for all people. But Reverend Callis was concerned with showing San Antonio ends that we have something to look forward to. We have a model. Mm -hmm. We have a blueprint that we can subscribe to or ascribe to to be better. And the city felt that and, and, and they picked it up and we've been doing it for uh I hope I get this correct. Thirty-seven years. 
I think this is our 37th annual wow. March. 37 years. Well, that was before we were born, Dr. Pike. But <laughs> 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 well, 37 years. And to see us, uh, you know, I, I love that we're talking about churches. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because really, a lot of the greatness that's come out of our community has been churches. You know, and I'm I'm just so I'm thankful that we had you here today. And I thank you for uh interviewing with us and for talking with us. Um we're gonna put all of the information that you talked about in our notes. And you have a wonderful, blessed day. We will be with you on the march. Uh, can you tell everybody where they can go and find out more about the march? Yes, mlk.sanantonio.gov. mlk.sanantonio.gov. Now, if you're listening, uh, go to mlk dot sanantonio.gov and check out when you can start check out the other events that are leading up to the march and then go to our website go to txkidney.org or go to on the record with tiffany and kevin uh on youtube or wherever else you wherever you listen to podcasts and check it out. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Chronic kidney disease is more than a health issue. It's a local community issue. Across our country, people suffer because effective treatments are out of reach. This has to change. We are rallying local communities to demand better access to kidney care. Together, we can push for a health care system that prioritizes the health of its people over profit. Join us in this movement. Become an advocate in your local community and help us bring the change we need in CKD treatment and prevention. What are some of the projects you're working on and in so the direction now, that you're taking? So one of the things I took stock on was, was health care access and <clears throat> actually providing health care access. So we have the, and I felt strongly, I want to, you know, through some other people that I was working with, the social venture partners of San Antonio, <clears throat> I got some advice from one of the leaders, some of the leadership there to, that, that I needed to go smaller. And boy, I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that, but, but they were correct. And so what I did was um, hone down and took all of my resources, um, the resources that I could gather, <clears throat> and focused them on Bear County and said, okay, we'll do, uh, we're going to do early detection. Early detection is, is the key to, to slowing down or stopping any disease, and it's especially the key to chronic kidney disease. So I was like, okay, we're going to do, we're going to uh, concentrate the 8,000 uh, kits that we have in Bear County. And so we did. Okay. And that ended up being, so by going small, we ended up going big because that ended up being the largest uh, study of, of its kind in a single county uh, that's ever been done in the United States. So what we're doing right here in this concentrated area will provide all kinds of data and information because of the cross, because of the uh, the diversity of the people here, the people populations and groups that we have mm-hmm. in in Texas. So, in in Bear County, and uh, you know, all of the county commissioners, but it was a bipartisan effort. The the county commissioners agreed unanimously that this was something that uh, they would support. Yeah, I'm just focusing in on the things that I'm put on this earth to do. You have to live a purpose-driven life. I have to live a purpose-driven life because 
<clears throat> without Christ, there's nothing else. I, I'm a Christian and I live by that ethos. So I won't be divided in the things that I'm doing. My purpose and my path are set and I'm, I'm following it. Good deal. And so, you know, we're at that time, right? So really uh, want people to get a different perspective. Uh, we're not unique. We're not special, right? I know uh, plenty of people mm -hmm. who look like us, who have our belief systems, right? And so this is a big shout out to all you Republicans out there who uh, need to reach out to the African-American community, right? We're far more conservative than you think or believe. And we are more alike than, than we different. are different. Yeah. That's the whole premise of On the Record with Tiffany is that we are more alike than we are different. And hopefully you saw some things uh, to today that help you understand that how how we yeah. relate to one another. So in the words um, of the left, my Republican friends, do you have a black ally out there somewhere, a real black ally who uh, who understands the nuance and complexities of what it is to be a conservative and to be African-American in America? Yeah, uh, we have to work together and <clears throat> we really. We truly are more alike than we are different. I agree. Um, nobody is is all one thing. So let's look at all of our, our differences and accept them for what they are. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer. Our health care system is at a crossroads, especially for those battling rare and chronic kidney disease. Preventative care and effective treatments are there. But the path to access them is fraught with obstacles. We need policy change, system overhaul, and a commitment to making these solutions available. We're not just talking about rare and chronic kidney disease. We're talking about transforming how we care for every American. Stand with us, advocate for change, and ensure that our health care system serves the needs of all Americans, not just a few. Imagine a world where every rare and chronic kidney disease patient has access to the best treatments available. It's not a dream. It's a possibility that we must fight for. Our mission goes beyond talk. It's about empowering patients and families with the knowledge and resources to demand better care. Let's break down the barriers in our health care system that keep life-saving treatments from those in need. Join our cause, be a voice for change, and help us turn this vision into reality. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.